You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Am I on now? Yeah. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Are you glad to be here? We just honor the Lord for the privilege and opportunity for pastor to make an invitation and allow us to come in and mount the pulpit. We honor the both of you this morning, even the birthday girl. Yeah. My wife and I bring you greetings all the way from Katy, Texas. Uh, that's a long place. We came 9,000 kilometers. And the door was open for us to be here, and show sure enough, we are here. Yes. May I be myself? Yes. Good, because I'm going to do that anyway. Yes. <laughs> I already talked with the pastor, and uh, so I'm good. Are you good? Yes. Okay, so look me over real good so we can get that in the way, out of the way, so we can move on. You see me? Yes. Okay, good. Bring you greetings from our three daughters, our two sons, and our nine grandchildren. Yes, look me over again. I'll be 65 this year. Hey. I, I also want to acknowledge it, it's because of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Kambasha that we are even here in the country. And the connection in speaking with uh, Pastor and he opening up immediately. We're just honored and we honor the Kambashas. Come on, give him some love this morning. Man, that worship was awesome. Oh Lord, that wor oh Jesus, that worship was awesome. Y'all didn't say y'all didn't say nothing. It's your church. Don't you know worship when you hello? Okay, you'll get used to me because I, I don't have an accent. You do, so that's why it's a problem. <laughs> you didn't know you had an accent? All you got to do is start talking. See, but I don't have one. I heard somebody say, yes, you do. No, I don't. I'm the one with the microphone. And I am, you don't give a black man a microphone. The, 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 the worship, the worship was just awesome. Yes. Listen, I, I sensed the magnetism as we were riding up. And uh, I'm going to tell you something real quickly and then, then I got to move on because uh, I'm on time and I got to hurry up and take my time. How you like that? <laughs> hey, now she said, okay, you'll get it tomorrow. Write it down. You'll get it tomorrow. But uh, I, 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 as we came up, I, I, I was just overwhelmed and I got up and, and got to see, this is not my first time ever seeing your pastor. I, I saw him in June. Uh, I ministered at uh, KBN at the, I think, Pastor Jeff was at the Movers and Shakers at, in June, at the Movers and Shakers, yeah. yeah. And, and so I met him there briefly and so that was my uh, first time seeing him, but we didn't have much conversation. Uh, you know, when, when you got bad breath after you've been preaching and sweating and stuff, <laughs> and I didn't have any mints. And so he didn't know me and I didn't know him. You know, Mr. K did the introduction, it was good, but then to be, uh, be here again. Let me just tell you a quick secret because I, I gotta make way. My wife and I are doing something that we do from time to time. We're gonna team teach today. Is that okay? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, team, we'll team teach today. But when, when I was sitting there and I was looking at your pastor, and I, and I asked him a question. I said, oh, where is this other property that you guys have been looking at? And he kind of looked a little baffled. I said, uh, wh where is that? He said, well, we're, uh, you know, wanting to buy this. Yeah, man, listen, that's a given. You're, this is your property. I got a question. How do you want to buy something that's already yours? Whose property is this? So you're not trying to buy your property. It's your property. All you're going to do is, is secure it so nobody else can get it. Hello? And, and so I, I saw this, and so it kind of caught Pastor off guard. He said, well, you know, it's really in my heart. It's in the vision. We haven't done it. I said, so there's the affirmation. Now he's got to go, I said, and, and the Lord will lead you to that property because I saw this big spacious. You weren't, you know, kind of like a, a congruent or something. You, you know, this one is, you kind of locked in here. You, you know, this would just be a campus. But I, I saw... I saw, I saw a much larger campus and wide open space and it, it, was, it, it was massive and I, I, I mean, that, that, thank you, thank you. The whole church ought to be saying it, we receive it, it's ours, we receive it, it's ours, it's ours, it's ours, it's, it's a done deal, it's a done deal. So stop thinking about this one and get the bigger vision. The, the visionary is, I said, that's why we need a picture. We, we the picture you know he's he's got to get real busy now because the lord has already affirmed what's in his heart and i, I told y'all i know y'all is not in your dictionary but y'all you boo you gotta be from texas to understand y'all you Well, I know, you, so you're getting a taste of Texas. And so, so I, I, want, I, want you to, I want you to begin to, to declare that and decree that. Uh, this is the, everybody say, this is already done. You say, well, Pastor, we, don't, we haven't seen the money. The, the, the money is already there. This is already done. This is your property. Secure it. You know, because the, 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 the greater things are in front of you. I'm prophesying, hey? The greater things are in front of you. And, and, you, and, and you've got to see that, yeah? I, I'm, I'm trying to go to my lesson, but first lady, you know, I, I, we're going to teach on, we started in, in uh, Sun City last Sunday. We, we were there with KBN, and, and we started teaching on restoration and restitution. And so that, that's what we're going to teach, kind of pick it up. It, it, people got indigestion last week. You know when you have to eat fast? You get indigestion. You know, you burp, yes. you know, and I, when I burp, I burp loud, dog, I burp. <laughs> my wife be saying, oh, that's so foul. It's a call of burp, baby. Everybody do it. In some countries, if you don't burp, they're offended. So I don't want to offend nobody. I'm going to burp. <laughs> but so when you have to eat fast, you're not able to digest properly. You, you know, the food was good, but all of a sudden you're having some digestion. So you, some of you and Thank all of you, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Cookie, and I see others of you. Thank you guys for being here with us today. They love us enough and wanted to come and get some more. So for you, it's going to be a, a little warm over, and it's going to be fresh. And for the rest of you, it's the first time. You, you, you know what I'm saying? But, but first lady, real quickly, let me tell you what I saw when we start talking about restoration. For some reason, I saw the, the, the times that you have held yourself back out of 
fear, out of reluctance, out of confusion. I mean, I'm not quite sure if I should. I'm not quite sure if I, I should not. I'm not quite sure if this is really my call. And so it kept you this way. And you, 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 you chose to back. The safe place was I can always worship. But I see today as a birthday, I see it like I see the bow and I see the box. It's as if the Lord has packaged your destiny and he's putting it right in your hand. And it's filled with restoration for the years that you did not, the years that you could not, the years that you would not, where fear invaded. Inside of that is a restoration of all of that. And it will appear with this birthday gift for you today. It's going to appear as if you were never afraid, as if it would never happen, the whole new package for you. Happy birthday. (sighs) I'm telling you, I sense Jesus in the house. I said, I sense Jesus in the house. Okay, so let me let me get uh, let me get right into right into my lesson. So I got I got to uh, hurry up and take my time and, and teach this. Hey, you guys you guys remember um, the wine and restoration? It's finally come. I put my faith in God above. So don't worry about it because it ain't the right words. But you remember the tune. <laughs> I don't sweat lyrics because I figure like this. I got to brain myself. I can come up past. I can come up with my own lyrics. I just like the tune. So, hey, what, what, what are band guys? Girl, was that you was blowing that, that, that alto saxophone, huh? Who had the tenor? Who had the tenor? Big boy had the tenor? I kept saying, give me a run, girl. Come on, bring it. You didn't know I knew that, huh? But do you guys you kind of vaguely remember the whinings doing that? No. Oh, okay, I forgive y'all. What, man, what's up? <laughs> Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> you done, now you done messed up my illustration. <laughs> But in, anyway, so, so I, we want to talk about restore. And I think, uh, guys, you'll just have to, you know, when I throw a scripture out there, bring it up on the screen. Uh, even if I don't go to it, just bring it up on the screen anyway. So it look like I'm teaching from the Bible. Because <laughs> I'll quote scriptures and, you know, he never even opened the Bible. I'm quoting the scriptures. So you, you, need, you need to know the scriptures. So we're, we're going to be talking about restoration. Everybody say restoration. restoration. Now we'll deal with it. And I, I walk a lot. And it's not because I have to go to the loo. I just walk a lot. Are, are you with me? Okay. And if my pants fall, I pull them up. So restoration. The, the word restoration comes from the word restore. And restore is somewhat of a grammatical construct. Re-store. Re-store. Grammatical construct. Restore. Re means to do what? Store is to stockpile. So we're talking about do the stockpile all over again. You with me so far? That, that's what we're talking about, the stockpile. Now what, you, you know, you can't restore what hasn't ever happened. So since we're going to talk about restore, that means that there's a stockpile that you had that got lost, got stolen, got taken, and you got to go back and get it so that that stockpile can be restored back to you again. The good news is, it's your stockpile. Look at your neighbor and say, it's your stockpile. And so the good news is, it's, it's your stockpile, and so you've got a stockpile. Amen. I'm, 
I'm already in this now, all right? So y'all, y'all just let loose. The, I'm just being me. If you were at the church at home, I'd be just this way. You understand what I'm saying? I may spit a little bit more. I'm trying not to spit so much, but it's anointed. Do you think the blind man would say, Jesus, you spit on the ground and put the mud on my eye? That's what they're saying, Jesus. Did you spit? And all the man said, spit some more, Jesus. Okay. So, 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 watch now. Watch, 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 watch. Let me, let me, let me just kind of get right into this. So when we think about restore, bring my stockpile back. Everybody said, I'm getting mine today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say three, and when I say three, you shout, I'm getting mine today. One, two, three. I'm getting mine today. Don't forget that. Don't forget that because I may be in the middle of my sermon and I say one, two, three, and you know what to shout. Amen. One, two, three. I'm getting mine today. Amen, amen. Every, every, listen, all the demons ought to be nervous. They ought to be calling the devil wherever he is right now. They ought to be calling him, uh, sir, <laughs> these people up in this room, they're talking about they getting theirs today. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> Hold on, guys. Hold on. He's, he's telling all the demons. Hold on to that stuff. Don't let it go. But you've got to one, two, three. So, so now, we, 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 let's look at, because I'll talk about what your, your mind looks like. And, and my wife will come and she'll kind of wrap it up with some more of the restoration and the restitution. Because I like the restitution part. I'm, I'm good with the restore, but the rest, restitution. You know, you, you know what the restitution is? You see, the scripture talks about double for your trouble. You, you, you missed that, did you? Double. And, and she'll elaborate double for your trouble. See, that's what restitution looks like. Restoration say I got my stockpile, but restitution says you get Okay, so don't forget that. Don't don't forget that. Tell your neighbor say don't you forget that. And then you need to tell them one, two, three. Okay, so now this this is this is how we need to do it. In in the book of Jeremiah, chapter one, uh, verse three. Guys, bring that on up on the screen. I, I bought another shirt because I, I use this sweat. When James Brown was alive, they called him the hardest man, hardest working man in show business. I ain't James Brown. I ain't that man. But I work hard for my money. He works hard for his money. Hey, stop that. Stop that. I bought another shirt, Pastor. So uh, if, if I perspire, because all I got to do is think and I'll perspire. So don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. I may fling some on you. Get to take the anointing. Do a Benny Hinn on you in a minute. Take Okay, so, so, so in Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, at Jeremiah chapter 1, eh, eh, no, I need to go, I need to, wait, wait, I'm sorry, it's on my notes. 1 and 4, that's why I need to go, 1 and 4, Jeremiah 1 and 4, Jeremiah, there, there, the word of the Lord is coming up on the screen. So, so, so the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah and it says to him real clearly, before your mama and daddy got together, I knew you. Before there was any so-called mother and father, I, God, knew you. Not only did I know you, but I formed you before you were formed 
in the womb I formed you, gave you a destiny, gave you a vision, gave you a call, gave you a completed life, and called you prophet to the nations before there was any beginning. Is it there? You say, well, Pastor, don't say all that. You need to read between the lines. You don't say between the lines. So now watch, the law, the law of first things said, if he did it for Jeremiah, yes. then he's got to do it for Eric. Yes. Otherwise, if he doesn't do the same for Eric, then that means that he's a God of partiality. He only likes Jeremiah, but didn't like Eric. Yes. So right now, let's, let's, just see, let's just see it as it is. Before there was time, God said, I knew you. Not only did I know you and know your parents and know how you were going to come, but I called you, destined you, gave you a vision, gave you hope, gave you a future. I did all of this before the world was framed. So now you got to get a revelation that if he did it for Jeremiah, guess who he's already done for you? Uh, Are are y'all with me so far? So, so you say, now watch, even the scripture itself says, the lamb which was slain. How do you tell me that Jesus died on the cross, but yet you tell me the lamb which was slain? Well, was he slain? Is he being slain or going to be slain? Slain implies already done. Come on. Slain implies what? So therefore, if it was already done, where was it already done? Because we're looking at a man on the cross where they said years ago, this is the lamb that was already slain. So you can't be slain and you're about to be slayed. Oh, are are y'all still with me? I don't want to lose. One, two, three. So, So somewhere, somewhere, this lamb that was already slain. Somewhere Jeremiah was before he was. So let's go see where he was. God lives in eternity. Say that. Uh, Somebody just missed it. I saw a pop just come. So watch now. So eternity. Test question. Okay, everybody. Test question. Underneath this blue carpet is concrete. Test question, where does it start? Where does the concrete start? Next question, where does it end? So you don't know where the concrete started, yet you're standing or sitting on it. You don't know where the concrete ends. You just know that you own concrete. And the concrete is covered by blue carpet. Yes. So let's call what you're sitting on underneath the blue carpet is eternity. Amen. Because you don't know where eternity starts, nor do you know where it ends. Are you still with me? And so let's call the blue carpet the sky. Because you can only see in the sky or up to the sky unless you have something to go beyond that. So beyond all of that is a vast space that has no beginning and has no end. Are you still here? So based on Jeremiah chapter one, God was in eternity. Uh, tell me your name. Who? No, I, got, I can't use you dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Lord can, but I can't. 
I'll be, I'll be done messed your name up and be like, who he talking about? You can't even get in the spirit because I be done said it wrong. What's your name, bro? Never mind. What's your name, bro? Huh? Come here, boy. Come here. <laughs> Did I, Kyle, am I getting it right? Kyle, would you step up here for me? <sighs> My bad, Malibu. <laughs> and I sure ain't going over here. So, so I, 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 need you, I need you to picture in your mind. Let's, let's say that Kyle is standing in time. Just this section is what? Time. What is this? Time. And what is this? Eternity. Come on, what is that? Time. And what is this? Eternity. So in Eternity. where God lives, have you ever noticed that when you pray and ask the Lord to hurry up and get here, you need the money soon or you're going to be put out in June? You, have you ever noticed that June passes and you still hadn't heard from him? Because God did not make for himself because he lives where? He made time for you're good. Oh, Kyle, they're trying they to throw you under the bus only for ty, Kyle. I guess they want to stay in eternity. You can't, you better stop that. So, so God, God lives in eternity and in eternity he saw Kyle complete, whole, gave him a vision, gave him a future, gave him a destiny, gave him a family, gave him a wife, gave him children, gave him success, gave him everything he could ever dream, everything he could ever phantom, everything he could ever believe for. He did that where? And then put him where? You see, it can't come to pass where? You've got to have what? In order for it to come to pass. That's why nothing ever happens unless it's... Come on, you better get it. Nothing ever happens unless it's... You got to know that. You gotta, have you ever noticed you've been praying, you've been fasting, calling on God, 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 God. And, and it's like God ain't hearing you? That's because over here in... He already had things set up in eternity. He had them set up. At certain time you'll do this, certain time you'll do this, certain time you'll do this. And then he takes it and he makes a space in eternity. And he makes that space and he calls that space in eternity what? And that's only because of you that he made that space. Otherwise, according to Genesis chapter 2 and God finished everything on the sixth day and he rested where? On the seventh day. Well, we have to look at this. It couldn't have been eternity because the word day is there. And day implies time. Come on now. Don't get too deep for me. Day implies what? So therefore, it had to be time that he had implemented. He stepped out of eternity, set up a section in eternity, called it time, put you in time just the way he envisioned it for you. 
and then said, I'm going to give you time to come into all that I've already. So stop this book on, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on God. You know, one of these days, shut up. You can't be waiting on God. Why, Pastor? Because God is already finished. Are you getting Malibu? Malibu? Imbo? Are you, are you getting this? God is already finished. Oh. And he's been resting. That's why... I'm sure God becomes a little baffled. Why are they asking me for something? Why are they over here asking me for something that I've already done? Why are they worried about something in time that I've already done? So, so let me give you one more verse so I, at least I look like I'm talking the scriptures. Uh, okay. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 17. I'm doing pretty good with time. Y'all supposed to say amen. amen. <laughs> Y'all gonna get me fired. <laughs> Let's look at 1 Timothy. Okay, now, I, I want to keep it in context, but I want to give you the, extract the principle within the context. First off, God wants you to be rich. It's okay for you to be rich because the latter part of the verse says he gives us richly. Come on. Come on. Come on. To do what? And riches buys all things. So now, in eternity, he gave you all things then put you in time to grow into what he's already done so there is a step time for the first level of riches to come then there's a set time for another set of riches to come now in God creating you over here and putting all that together you've got to understand that God saw your whole life before you had a life he saw the whole thing he saw where where Kyle would be tempted where Kyle would get off where Kyle would get off into some stuff that ain't got nothing to do with God I ain't gonna tell you business I don't even know (laughs) Kyle up there like Chill, man. My, my name ain't Bashari. I mean, so watch now. <laughs> You'll get that in a minute. Did he say Bashari? Okay, so, 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 watch, 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 watch. He already knew the challenges, the difficulties, the way the enemy would come in. God already knew. Everybody said God already knew. <laughs> but it didn't change his plan. So, so what, what God did in, in when he was giving you your destiny... All of that was in line, not because God ordered it, but because he saw it would come. Because you know a thing does not make you responsible for the thing. Come on, got to get that. Because, because God knew a thing doesn't make him responsible.
responsible for that thing. So God knew it would happen. So what he did was, in, in, his, in his forming and shaping of Kyle, here's a way of escape that he may be able to endure it. Is it, is it going to hurt? It's going to hurt. He's going to cry. He's he going to even think about backsliding. He's going to walk away from the church. He's going to stop fasting. He's going to stop praying. However, he's going to hear a word that's going to turn him around. Then he'll get back on track with what I planned for him and not what he wants to do. Okay, so, 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 so we, got, we, got, we got all of that. Can, can I just give you one more verse and then I'll, I'll, I'll come out of this and, and I'm almost ready to take my seat. And if, I, if you believe that, I'll sell you snow right outside now. Did I give you the verse? I thought you had the mind of Christ. Look at 2 Peter, uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1. Are y'all getting something out of this? Y'all got, got to be ready because this is light stuff. When, when my wife comes, she's going to be heavy. But it don't matter because one, two, three. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power has. What's, what's the word? What's the word? What tense is given? Come on, you got to get it. What tense is this? God has already given us. How many things? And what tense? Past tense. He's already. See, this is going to change the way you pray. It's going to change the way you think. It's going to shift this house into another dimension. Our coming would be in vain if we didn't do what we were mandated to do. And that's to come in and shay, brondai, sata. Oh, shift the house. Somebody say, shift the house. Given us all things that pertain to my life and. So God didn't leave out nothing about your life. Some of you have lost by your own willful neglect. Some of you lost ignorantly, didn't even know it. Some of you, the devil stole it from you. But God gave you, we found out in 1 Timothy, all things to enjoy. And as he did in the garden with Adam. When Adam lost everything that God had given him. And he had to wait for time for it to be restored back by Jesus. So I, I'm shifting now and about to close. Now, I, I don't know if you're going to still be hired when I get through. My wife may fire you because you ain't doing nothing. But, <laughs> but you did good by me. You know, just, but don't tell nobody. Man, look at your, your ears is just shining. <laughs> oh boy, blinging like he worked for the jewelry store. Okay. St. <laughs> John 10 and 10. <laughs> That's your man? No, oh. oh. This your man? <laughs> Baby girl, fix that real quick. No, no, no. That's she touching his leg. That's it. But girl, get your hand off that man's leg. He may not be. We in church. What is you doing? St. <laughs> John 10 and 10. St. John 10 and 10. And, and, and I, 
and I, and I have to stop. St. John 10, 10. I used to say John, but I got to say Saint because I'm in South Africa. St. John chapter 10, verse 10. Yes. <laughs> in Boa, we look at it. Don't say my name. Don't say my name. <laughs> I'm going to just look at you. And if I look at you, they know, he went, yeah. <laughs> you notice I don't look at old boy over here, huh? Because <laughs> I, for, I done forgot what he said. St. <laughs> John 10.10, 10, I want you to see this as I close. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. The thief does not come except. Here is the agenda. Myopic as it may be, focused as it may be, one vision, one focus, not, don't ever think that the devil or any of his allies like you. Don't ever think that the devil needs you. He's not after you, he's after your stuff. He's not after you. He's after your family that you keep laboring in prayer for. Are y'all hearing me? He's after your marriage. He's after your children. He's after your fiance. Are you hearing me? He's after the money you don't have that you're going to have that you need to have that should have. He's after your stuff because look, he has one agenda. Everybody say one agenda. And that is to do what? Or to kill. and to do what? Destroy. He's either going to steal, he's going to kill. After he's done one or the other or both, he destroys. But he's after your stuff. One, two, three. So stop saying that God took my stuff because he wanted to see if I would still trust him. What God want to do with your stuff? I mean, God is in a place, please get the revelation. God lives in a place where the streets are made. Where they are made of gold. Not paved, because if they were paved, it means that there's something underneath. But the streets are made. Baby girl, what do he need with your weave? Come on, I ain't talking about you. Come on, come on. I ain't talking about you. Come on now. Stop, stop that. Stop. You, just, you just stop that. Quit. Stop it. I ain't going to sing with you in worship. I ain't. I ain't. What did, what is, well, God took my sister because he needed another angel in heaven. For what? You know, we want to sound real spiritual. God, God took my mother because he knew she needed to be there with him. For what? The angels in eternity, which has no beginning and has no end, are always singing holy. So God needed her to come and lead praise and worship for the <laughs> choir. Really? Are y'all hearing me? Because y'all know people say that stuff, don't you? 
and then they, that, that helps him to feel real spiritual and then, then God goes from a good guy to a bad guy and then they turn around but this God loves you. How does a God take somebody and then you turn around and tell them he loves them? Is that an oxymoron or what? Are you, are, 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 are you, are you here? So God has made sure that we have everything we need. So the enemy is now on assignment and everybody that he's released to go and take Kyle's stuff. Whatever is dear to him, whatever Kyle is committed to the Lord, he's there to take his stuff. However, watch this, watch this, watch this. Now, one translation uses the word but. Because the word but here reverses all of this that you say. <laughs> so, watch now. But I have come that they who have been stolen from may have restoration. exceedingly Amen. abundantly above all you could phantom life in abundance to the full till it overflows so it doesn't matter what the devil has stolen one two three Tell your neighbor, say, I'm getting mine today. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Sit down. Sit down. I got a close. Oh, Lord, I got to close. I got to take my seat. But before I sit down, please, 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 please let me remind you that wherever you are right now and whatever you're going through right now, it's only temporary. God has a set time to liberate you. God has a set time for restoration to come. And now, can I hear you say now? Now, in my set time, now is my time. Your neighbor, grab him by the hand and say, neighbor. Tell him, say, neighbor. Now. Now. In my set time. One, two, three.
kairos moment. We stepped into a time and a season, God, that all things that pertains to life, health, and godliness belongs to us. And we decree it in that to the heavenly Woo! Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Take your seats. Amen and amen. You know, he only did that hoop and stuff because he know I can't do that. That, that. That's what that was all about, Pastor Eric. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> but it's all good. You know, as, as Apostle was sharing, that we've entered into a season, and, and I'm going to try to teach just a little bit because I need to get you to understand the time and the season that we're in and how we... You know, it's wonderful to say I'm getting mine, and you guys have been doing that so wonderfully, but there's a process. Nothing in this word happens automatically. There's always a process. To everything that God does, there's a process. And sometimes as pastors and preachers and teachers and apostles and prophets and ministers, we, we get you there, but we don't tell you what the process is. And so then, when you don't get yours, after all that you just did, and you don't get yours, you get upset because then it's like, well, what happened? I, sh I didn't get mine. You know, she got hers, but I didn't get mine. Well, because if you don't know the process, it doesn't benefit you. It's, it's, it's kind of like looking at a cake. And if you don't know the ingredients that go into the cake, and you go and try to bake that same cake, it won't come out because you have to know the process. You see, you can't take the dry goods and then cake, and you can't start out with the wet goods first. You gotta mix and blend the dry goods and then incorporate the wet goods. But if you don't do that, if you don't follow the process, you'll have a cake, but it's not gonna be proper. It's gonna flop, it's gonna be flat. So we're gonna talk about the process, okay? So here, when the apostle was talking about restore, I want to give you a definition because God is a God of restoration. And God wants to restore everything that you have lost. He doesn't want to just restore it, but he wants to give you restitution. And you just saw as he was sharing up there that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes to take everything that God has for you. Everything that has been set in, in eternity for you is... As Kyle was up here, I may need you again, Kyle. I'm, I don't think I'm going to fire you, but just hold on, okay? <laughs> As Kyle was up here in time, get this. He was up here in time, and in the process of time, Kyle lost some things, okay? Kyle, I'm going to need you right now. I'm, 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 I'm. <laughs> See, here... Let's just say that this was time up there, that little piece of carpet for Kyle, but I'm going to use Kyle in a different method because here we're going to say that this is the beginning of Kyle's life. Kyle was born, what year were you born? You, you scared to scare him. You scared to say it. Okay. You're here to 2000. So, ooh. <laughs> I got grandchildren almost as old as you, boy. <laughs> So Kyle was born in the year 2000, and in eternity, Kyle had a destiny that was set for him. In eternity, Kyle had everything that, God, that would pertain to his future. God had already prepared your end, so the end of that walk carpet over there is your end, right? 
that's where you're going to end up. That's your destiny. So let's say that God spoke, and in your destiny, he said that Kyle is going to be a great businessman. He's going to walk in millions of dollars, and he's going to be able to impact the kingdom. And so Kyle started out when God put him in time. So this is Kyle's time, and he began to walk. Didn't know what was a part of his life. Didn't know that he had that great destiny. Didn't know that those things were there for him. But as he gets begins to walk out and he turns, let's say, 10 years old, and Kyle gets here at 10 years old, and he's just uh, don't know anything about God, but some man or woman of God at 10 years began to speak, see Kyle and began to tell Kyle, Kyle, you're called of God. You have a great destiny over your life. God is going to use you to impact the kingdom. He's going to put millions in your hands. He's going to call you to begin to do things and to impact the kingdom. And so Kyle has this great word that's arced over his head. At 10 years old, he don't understand it. He don't know. He's not even saved. Yes, God can speak over your life and you not be saved. And so God's spoke this into Kyle's life, but Kyle wasn't even saved. Kyle wasn't thinking about God at 10 years old. Kyle was still a kid just trying to do his own thing. And so somewhere maybe about 18 years old, Kyle gets 18, and then he says, you know, I think I want to serve God. I give my life to the Lord. And so Kyle gives his life to the Lord, and when he does it, hell opens up. Because, see, all of a sudden, hell recognizes who he is. Hell didn't recognize him when he wasn't serving God. He was unimportant to hell. He was unimportant to the enemy. But now all of a sudden you gave your life to the Lord and hell recognizes, mm-mm, I got to do something because this man has a great potential to change some things. In the, and, and, and I can't allow that to happen. But all of this is happening in time, but it began in eternity. But in eternity, God already knew what would happen in Kyle's life. So Kyle goes on and Kyle gets out there. And so then at 22 years old, Kyle jumps out and he says, I'm ready to do some things. And he starts a business and the business flop. He said, but somebody spoke about my life. So the business flops. Then at 25, he tries something else and that flops. He has marginal success. He keeps moving, and yet this word is hanging over his head. And then at 20, 28, somebody comes and they speak to him again and say, Kyle, I'm going to give, uh, the Lord is going to begin to establish you, and he's bringing someone alongside you who's going to be your helpmate, and she's going to begin to help move you, and y'all are going to do great things for the kingdom. And Kyle's like, hallelujah, I'm getting a wife. And so Kyle jumps out there, and he says, uh, ooh, she looked pretty good. I think that's my wife. But he didn't consult God. He was praying. He thought. He believed. But then he decided, I'm going to, she looks like a good thing. I'm going to go for her. But that good thing wasn't his thing. It can be a good thing, but it doesn't mean it's your thing. And so Kyle jumps over here, and he marries this girl, and then his life takes a detour. And so instead of going straight ahead to where God has purpose for him, Kyle begins to go somewhere else because she's influencing him in a way that it's not of God. She may have been a good thing, but wasn't his thing. You see, there are people that the enemy was set in your life to get you off track, to detour you, to cause you to not fulfill your destiny. Because he knows that if he allows you, you're going to begin to do some things that God has purposed and planned and called for you to do. So then Kyle had a, achieved nominal success, but then he lost everything in the process. He lost his wife. He lost the money that he had invested in some businesses. He 
lost everything. And so now he's divorced. He got three kids and he's divorced and he, he's angry. He's hurt. And so now he's, he, he, he wants to come back to God, but he's so ashamed. He's hurt because I thought I was serving God. When I was serving, I thought I did what God wanted me to do. I married because I heard that word. But you didn't allow that word to be tested. You didn't, you didn't bring that word and allow it to be tested. You jumped out there based on what you thought. And so now Kyle is broken, busted, and disgusted at 30 years old. Divorced with three kids and lost everything. And this is where restoration comes in at. Stay right there, Kyle. Don't move. Because at first I got to give him a definition of restore. Okay? So restore. The Greek word for restore is, I can't pronounce it, so I'm just going to spell it to you. A-P-O-K-A-T. H-I-S-T. That's the Greek word. And it means to properly restore back to original standing. To properly restore back to its original standing that existed before fall. Reestablish or to returning back to the ideal. Okay? That's the Greek word. The Hebrew word for restore is shalom. I know when you all hear the word shalom, you think of peace. That's only one definition. Shalom is used to describe peace, completeness, healing, restoration, retribution, and or repayment. You want me to say that again? Shalom. So when you're saying shalom, you're saying peace, completeness, healing, restoration, retribution, or repayment. Okay, so here Kyle has reached a stage in his life where he's broke, busted, and disgusted. He's in debt. He's lost his family. He is lost everything, and he needs to be restored. Kind of like the children of Israel in Isaiah 42 and 2. Israel had sinned and rebelled against God. And their disobedience caused them to be ensnared in bondage. Just like our disobedience causes us to be ensnared in bondage. When we disobey God, when we get out of the will of God, you see, God has a plan for our lives. But when we step outside of that and begin to do our own thing, then it ensnares us in a bondage. Isaiah 42 and 22 says, but this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes. They are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey and none delivereth. For a spoil, and none saith restore. None saith restore. Here. You remember how he just had you saying, I'm going to get mine. Nothing happens in the earth rim until it's spoken. It may be yours over here in eternity. But in time, you've got to say, Restore! You see, Jesus couldn't even show up in time until the prophets began to prophesy that he was to come in time to fulfill what he had been called to do, which was restore everything, everything that had been stolen. You're waiting on God to do it, but God's saying, say, restore. You've got to speak your world into existence. See, you've got to 
understand that you call those things that be not as though they were. And every time you get up and you begin to speak into, into time, what is already in eternity, what already belongs to you, but it will stay locked up in eternity if you don't begin to speak it and call it from eternity into time and say, that belongs to me. My peace belongs to me. My joy belongs to me. That belongs to me. And I call it out of eternity into time. It's the same thing with God. You are no greater than God. When God formed the world in eternity, the world had already been formed. But God stepped in time and he began to say, let there be. He called those things that be not as though they were. He set the pattern for how we are to operate in time. And so God is now waiting on his people to say, Hallelujah. He's waiting on us to say restore. He, Isaiah 20, I'm sorry, Acts 3 and 19. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. I talked about that. Jesus came, and he could not come until the holy prophets began to release the word of the Lord about him. So, so here Jesus has come to restore. He came so that all things that were out of order, all things that were out of alignment, all things that had been destroyed by the enemy could be restored. But let me explain. I'm, I'm coming back to you. Don't go nowhere, Kyle. Don't come let me explain quickly the process of restoration. See, restoration here, do you, have you ever seen... Um, a, a mechanic take an old car, like, like, you know, like say a 1957 Chevy or something. Yeah. Takes a 1957 Chevy, it's been sitting up somewhere for years, nobody saw it, and you know, it doesn't rust it out, and it's got leaves and debris and all kind of stuff, and then when you open up the engine, it just, it can't run because it's just been sitting up. So this mechanic, what he begins to do in order to restore this car, he has to break it all the way down to nothing. He has to break it all the way down to nothing. He has to remove the bolts. He has to remove the nuts. He has to remove the engine. He has to begin the process of purification. He has to clean it. He has to go into the very little, the little things. The, I don't know all the little intricate details that are on the inside of a car, but I do know this. He don't work on the outside until he finishes with the inside. I know that God is not going to work on the outside.
outside of you until he finishes with the inside of you. So here Kyle has gone through some devastation in his life. The word of the Lord is still over his head. He's had some false starts. He did some things that he thought was of God but what not of God because he tried to step out and help God along. Oh, anybody in here? I tried to help God along on many different occasions and it always fell apart. And so when you step out and you try to do those things, then Kyle comes back and he says, I'm going back to God. But when Kyle came back to God at 30 years old, Kyle was a fragmented man. His soul had been destroyed. And so here he, he was hurt, but he wanted to serve God. He wanted to do the things of God, but Kyle was still hurt inside. He was rejected. He, was, he felt rejected. He felt uh, 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 abandoned by his wife. And he'd gone through so many of his friends when he had money. You know how it is when you got money, everybody's around you. But then when you lose everything, where are they now? They're gone. And so everybody was gone. And so here Kyle was alone with it by himself. And God says, but son, I can give you this, your end. I can bless you with the riches. But if I do it now, while you're in a fragmented state, you won't know how to handle it. So just like that car, that mechanic begins to take apart that car, God begins to take apart Kyle. <laughs> he begins, because see, if some of y'all, if he gave you the stuff, you couldn't handle the stuff. <laughs> and so in Psalms 23, he says that he restored my soul. That's so important that you understand that God needs to restore your soul before he restores your stuff. Kyle, you stand here. Uh, I know you're not Kyle, but you're going to be Kyle today. Okay? I want you to stand in front of Kyle. No, turn, face them. Sir, with the beard, you're going to be Kyle. Yeah, you, yeah the red. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you're bright. <laughs> you got on a red jacket just like Kyle. So, 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 so here's the thing. First Thessalonians 5 and 23 says that I pray that you be whole, spirit, soul, and body. Okay, so so this is Kyle's spirit that you cannot see when Kyle got saved and came back to God. His spirit man was now back open and he could have communion with the father, but you can't see his spirit. His spirit was never damaged. His spirit was never hurt. And so Kyle can worship God. Why? Because we worship God in spirit and in truth. And so Kyle's spirit is intact. But what is fragmented is his soul. See, and, 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 and here, and, and, and look at this here, Kyle's soul got fragmented when he got off track and went and did some things and life dealt him some blows. But Kyle's body, when he got came back or when, even when he got saved, his body never got saved. His body want to do what it wants to do. So when Kyle got out in the world and started drinking, his body still craving alcohol. His body will never get saved. That's why the word of God that says submit your body. You will bring it to the altar and you submit it. You bring it in subjection to the will of God and to the word of God. You mortify and crucify the deeds of your flesh. God don't do that for you. You have to do it for yourself. If you had a sex addiction, you still going to have a sex addiction after you got saved. If you smoked, you still going to continue to smoke after you got saved. You say, well, they're not really saved. Yes, they are because we're God saved. His spirit, not his body. His spirit is saved. 
His spirit is what was dead to God, but it's now alive. Your body never gets shaved. So every day, that's why he says daily, Paul said daily, I crucify this flesh. I bring it to the altar daily and I lay it at the altar and I begin to say crucify the deeds of my flesh. But when I get up from the altar, I've got to make some choices that even though I'm saved and it comes to me to do whatever I used to do, I say no, I crucify it. And for some of us, that takes a little bit more time. Some of us, it happens overnight. Some of us, it takes a little while. It may take years. So don't get into condemnation because you're still struggling with your flesh. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You just get up and repent and keep on moving. Don't let the church put you in condemnation because you're still struggling with something. All of us are struggling with something. All of us got something we need to be delivered from. Don't think that just because we up here, we we all holy. We got stuff we got to get delivered from. Because this flesh constantly wants to rise up daily. So don't you allow the enemy to put you in condemnation. But don't stay there. Don't stay there. Don't repent today and then the next minute, well, God will forgive me, so I'm going to do it. You have now set up an iniquitous pattern that's not repentance. There's a difference. Okay, I'm sorry. I got to hurry up and finish this. So, so here Kyle, the body, Kyle's body never gets saved. But Kyle's body is controlled by Kyle's spirit, which, I mean soul, which is his mind, his will, and his emotions. And so after Kyle got hurt and fragmented and abused out there in the world, his, his soul tells his body what the body will do. He's not relying on his spirit who is communing with God. He can't hear the spirit, his spirit, because he's still so worldly. He's fragmented. He's been hurt. He's been rejected. He's been abused. He's had so many things happen to him. He has so many losses. And so he doesn't understand how to reconcile his soul and his spirit. He doesn't understand that. And so here his soul, which is his mind, his will, and his emotions, God says, Kyle, in Psalm 23, I want to restore your soul. Because I, he knows that if he restores your soul, that your body will line up and your spirit and your soul will become one. And so, and so he takes Kyle through a process of restoration. Amen. Because, see, he has to totally break everything down in Kyle to build Kyle back up. Amen. And so he starts the work on the inside. And so Kyle begins to go through this process of restoration where he finds himself laid out before God hours at a time, seeking God. And God says, Kyle, I need to deal with this on the inside of you today. You know that spirit of abandonment that you had when you were a child, when you were abandoned by your family? 
He says, I want to deal with that spirit. I want, because out of that spirit of abandonment also comes the spirit of rejection that have attached itself to you. And the spirit of a rejection brings in other spirits and, and, and a self, uh, 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 of, of, of low self-esteem. And so the reason why you haven't been able to hold on to relationships and the reason why you haven't been able to move forward in your life is because you're still dealing with those things. And so I've got to begin to now bring forth healing up and out of you to get your soul healed. And so God begins to deal with abandonment. And he begins to say things like to you, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Even though your father left you, I will never leave you. I'm always with you. Even when you didn't know I was there, Kyle, I was still with you. Even when you made bad decisions and walked away from me, I never left you, son. I'm still here. I love you eternally. And there's nothing that you can do to begin to change my love for you. And so God begins to wrap his arm and his love around Kyle to let Kyle know how much he loves him. And when Kyle begins to accept the love of Christ it begins to change him on the inside because see you don't understand what love does unconditional love has a way of taking you to another level because when you know somebody loves you unconditionally it don't matter what I do it don't matter how many mistakes I make it doesn't matter where I've been it doesn't matter that I was out in the street prostituting myself it doesn't matter that I've had several husbands or several wives it doesn't matter that I was on drug God loves me and his love is unconditional conditional it is nothing that you can do to change it it is nothing that the church can say that would ever change the love of God I know who I am because I know I'm loved by God you see when you know you loved when you know you loved by God I love my husband but there have been times I haven't loved him unconditionally There have been times that he hasn't loved me unconditionally. There have been times that sometimes we haven't even liked each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, y'all think it's all roses. This is 20, almost 26 years of marriage. You go through some stuff. But you know what has kept us? Not love, because love from man is a feeling. It, love, love, I mean, love is a decision, but we make it a feeling. And so we made covenant 26 years ago, and that's what has kept the marriage, based on the covenant. That's what keeps this relationship between God and you, based on covenant. You see, God cut covenant with you. So it don't matter what you do. doesn't matter where you go. God cut covenant, and God does not break covenant. He doesn't break covenant. God does not break covenant. So then here, Kyle gets his soul. God begins to restore his soul. God begins to shadow, sh uh, shower him with his love. God begins to shower him with his presence. God begins to deal with his self-esteem issues, his low self-esteem issues. God begins to build him up. You know how God builds you up with you? God begins to say, who are you? Look in the word. You are who the word says you are. I am the righteousness of God. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. I am glorious, fearfully, and wonderfully made. I am who God says I am and not who man says I am. I walk in the power and the resurrection power of Christ Jesus. Oh, God, when you begin to call and begin to quote the word of God and decree who God says you are, it begins to change you on the inside. You may not feel like it on the outside, but God's not dealing with the outside just yet. He said, let me get the inside right and everything else will line up 
And so he begins to tell Kyle, get into the word, son, because that's who you'll find your identity. You see, you've been looking for it in women. You've been looking for it in men to give you an identity. You've been looking for success in business to give you your identity. Your identity is not wrapped up in those things. Your identity is wrapped up in me. So then Kyle, I got I to finish this. So then Kyle gets healed of his issues and God begins to restore him. So now, step here, Kyle. The spirit and the soul becomes one. So now, when Kyle used to pray from here, his mouth, out of his mouth, he would pray because his mind his emotions, his will, he would pray. But his body, even though he get up, his, his body get up from prayer, he would get up and say, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's hard out here. I don't know. It's just, I've been trying, I've just been trying, and every time I try, it just don't seem like it's going to happen. He hadn't reconciled his mouth, his body, to coincide with this. So now, that Kyle, because Kyle wasn't healed, you see, when you ain't healed, when you're not delivered, when you're not set free in here, when you don't know who you are in here, even though you pray the word, it's just words. And then what, what happens is when you open your mouth to speak out of the abundance of what's in the heart, the mouth speaks. See, hurt was in his heart. Hurt came out of his mouth. Disappointment was in his heart. Disappointment came out of his mouth. Rejection was in his heart. Rejection came out of his mouth. Low self-esteem was in his heart. Low self-esteem manifested itself in his body. But when he got healed of that, he prayed and operated from a different posture. Because now he's connected to the spirit man who's connected to God. And so as he begins to pray, the spirit and the soul becomes one. And so now when Kyle prays or when Kyle, he, because see, he's not just giving lip service. He's not just saying something. It's truly in his heart. He truly know who he is. He's truly been healed of all that hurt and all that rejection. So now Kyle don't have to fight with the wife over child support and the children because Kyle understands that as a man, it's my responsibility. And I'm going to speak good things over her because she's the mother of my wife. In fact, I'm going to begin to intercede for her. Even though she had an affair on me and cheated on me, I'm going to begin to intercede for her because she needs Jesus. Not just because, because number one, she's raising my children. But number two, I love her enough to want her to go to heaven. I, want, I love her enough to want her to come into the fullness of who God is. And so Kyle can't pray and intercede on behalf of his ex-wife and still hate her at the same time. So when he begins to pray, then he begins to speak things like, she's a wonderful woman. <laughs> I speak blessings over her. I bless her going out and I bless her coming in. I bless the works of her hand because Kyle understands now that I'm not here to destroy her. I'm here to bless her because if I bless her, she blesses my children. She blesses my children. She blesses me. So I don't have to tear her down. To get to, 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 to get, make a point. And so now Kyle, who is now reconciled in his soul, 
Kyle, join hands with your body. Y'all link arms. Link arms, your body and your spirit. So now Kyle, who still has that word over his life, who has still been spoken of, that word which had never fell to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Because God says my word will stand forever. And so when God's had that word, that rhema word spoken over your life, it stands. It doesn't change. Just because you did other things, the word is still there. He's just waiting for you to come back and get in alignment and get healed so he can manifest the word. And so Kyle begins to move forward. Come on, just walk through it. He begins to move forward whole, not fragmented any longer. Whole spirit, soul, and body. He begins to move forward whole, spirit, soul, and body. And so now at 40, step into 40. At 40, see back there he was 30. But at 40, God says, now it's a set time. It's a Kairos moment, Kyle. The things that I had for you, the things that I had planned for your life, you've now hit a Kairos moment. You've now hit a set time, a set season. You have now stepped before open doors and no man can shut. It is now time for you to walk in the fullness of what I have called you, even though it's still going to be progressive because this is the end, but I'm going to now begin to open up doors for businesses to come in your life, Kyle. You're going to begin to come in alignment with the right people at the right time that is going to open up other doors for you. And as you begin to move forward, Kyle, because you know what? You're now healed. Your spirit, soul, and body are one. You're whole. You're not fragmented. I know that if I put 10 million rands in your hand and I tell you to give away 5 million to the church, you'll do it without even hesitation. Why? Because you're whole and you understand. You understand now that it's not yours anyway. That I'm just loaning it to you. I'm giving it to you for you to give it back. I'm releasing millions into your hand because son, I can trust you now. Not only will Kyle walk into restoration. You see, this is restoration right here. But somewhere down here, God says, son, it wasn't enough that you were restored. Because that just took you back to the original state. But I want to give you restitution. I want to give you restitution. For all the things that you've lost. For all the things the enemy has stolen from you. For all the nights that you were sleepless and you didn't have peace. For all the time you lost your joy. For all the times you lost time with your children. He says, I'm going to restore to you what the canker worm and the palmer worm have eaten up. Well, I'm going to restore what the locusts have done. I'm sorry, can you give me my glasses and that piece of paper just for a second? There's a piece of paper in there. And in, in, no, in my tablet, not his. I'm sorry. I'm going to finish it. I promise y'all I'm, I'm closing. But I have to give you this. I have to give you this because in Joel 2 and 25, it says that the canker, what the canker worm and the palmer worm and the locusts and all of those things had taken from you, had destroyed. You see, you have to understand that the children of Israel had gotten in rebellion again. And, 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 and God 
And it says, so God sent. God sent the swarming locusts. God sent those things against the land. But let me tell you, according to the Hebraic, Hebraic custom, and I'm going to give you the words in, re, in, in Hebrew, locusts comes from the root word meaning rava, R-A-V-A-H, which literally means to multiply into a multitude. Their order indicates, it means that when a multitude of difficulties come upon us, it drowns out the still small voice of God. So he had a multitude of difficulties before he came into this state. And it began to drown out the voice. That's why your spirit man couldn't connect with your soul. Canker worm is, is from the word yalak. And it, it represents literally to lick away your hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The caterpillar is from the Hebrew word chasel, and it means to devour. The caterpillar devours you with fear. Fear immobilizes you. <laughs> but God says, perfect love casts out no f- all fear. For in him there is no fear. The palmer worm is the Hebrew word gazin, which means to cut off. The palmer worm is pictured as filling you with grief and cutting you off from the joys of life. So what happens when, when God was saying in Joel 2.25 that he says, and the chewing locusts and my great army, which I sent among you. He sent that among the children of Israel. But let me tell you something. Even if God didn't send it, he'll still use it. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. If God didn't send it, God didn't send your choice to get off. You made that choice. Don't blame that on God. You chose that man. You chose that woman. You chose the direction that you took. But if God didn't send it, God will use it to teach you something to get you back on course. Because God is always about redemption. So the locust comes in against us and try to drown out the voice, the still small voice of God. And the canker worm comes to discourage us and cause us to lose hope. And the caterpillar devours us with fear. And the palmer worm fills us with grief and sorrow that we are cut off from God and the life that he has to offer. So when those things come against you, it begins to make you feel like you can't accomplish anything. But when restoration comes, God says, not only will I restore, but I will give double for your trouble. And then, and then he goes on to say this, when the thief is found out, <laughs> when you catch a thief, Pastor Jeff, he has to repay sevenfold. So God will go back to the time that uh, uh, Kyle first got off. So if Kyle got off when he was in his 25 years old, but he is now 40, God is going to go back in time. And he's going to give restoration for everything that Kyle would have walked in when he was 26, when he was 27, when he was 28, when he was 30, when he was 35. Because back then, he should have walked into some things. He should have had success. He should have been able to flow in the things of God. He should have had peace. He should have had joy. He should have had divine health. He should have had, he, he had millions back here. But he couldn't step in it until he was 40 and got restored. But God said, son, don't sweat it because I'm going back into your past. And I'm going to give you rest- 
retribution. I'm going to give you restitution for everything that you lost. Not just houses and land that you should have had, but I'm going to give it for the children that walked away you walked away from or that left that you couldn't have access to. So when you didn't have a good relationship when they were 10, by the time they 17 or 18, son, they're going to be your best friend. Because I'm going to cause healing to come into your life. And you're going to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Can you give all three Kyles a hand? Yes. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This house... Is in a season of restoration and restitution. This house, pastor, this house, I'm sorry, apostle, this house, because you are an apostle. God says, I've placed my heart on the inside of you, son. I've given you my heart. I've given you my heart for the nations. And you're going to begin to move forward. He says, where you have hit encountered roadblocks in this past season. And every time you thought you were moving forward, something would come and knock you backwards. But God says, I'm removing every obstacle in the roadblocks that have come to hinder you in this past season. And doors are beginning to open up to you so quickly and so swiftly. And God says, begin to run with the vision that I have placed in your heart. Don't worry about the resources. Don't worry about all the other components to it. God says, when you need them, they will be there, my son. He says, so know that you have an apostolic grace on your life to establish, to go in and set things in order that are out of order to begin to go in and build and begin to bring forth the heart of God for the nations I see so many things opening unto you this is your season this is a now season for you and I hear the word complacency and God says don't become complacent because you see the people don't become complacent Still push. Amen. Still push, okay? Amen. Even if you only have a few that will join you in the push, God said push. Amen. Woman of God, please stand. Amen. Can someone come around? When I was sitting in worship, I heard the Lord say, I want you to activate what's inside of her. And when Apostle got up and he began to talk about how you would step back and you would just resolve, let me just worship and let me do this and let me pray. That's what I can do. God says there's greater. There's more. There's gifts and callings on the inside of you. There's the word of the Lord that is on the inside of you. You are a seer. And the things that you see, sometimes you're afraid to share it because you don't know how people will receive you. So today, I think it was the caterpillar. I break that caterpillar, that spirit of fear off of you. You're going to begin to decree what you see, whether they like it or not. Because what you see is so crucial to this house, to advance this house. 
And there are times that you've seen and you didn't say anything and you went to your husband and you said, this was I saw, but you wouldn't say it openly. You wouldn't say it and it came to pass. And you said, God, I, I saw that. But God wants you to step into a whole new level of boldness and a whole new level. And God says, my, my daughter, that, that old season is over. This is a new season. This, it's, it's, it's so interesting that this is your birthday because God says today you are birthing new things. See, you've been pregnant for a while. You've been carrying a baby for a while. In fact, you've been carrying it long past its due date. And God says, my daughter, now is the time for that baby to come forth. Not just, I'm sorry, the babies to come forth. Because there's multiple things on the inside of you that is going to come forth. And you're going to give birth to the things of God today. And so, Father, I activate what's on the inside of her. I call up and out of her the gifts and the callings of God that are without repentance. I make a demand on the anointing that's on the inside of her. I say that, Father God, she will prophesy your word. She will speak your word. She will begin to decree and declare, Father, the things that you have spoken concerning your people. Father, I break off every ism and schism. I break off fear and intimidation from the enemy. I break off the fear, Father God, that have tried to paralyze her. And I say, open wide your mouth and begin to decree the things of God and begin to speak forth the mind and the will of the counsel of God in Jesus' name. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.